Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 95 of Bleeding Blue, and David and I are here. We are back to talk all about our favorite team, the New York Football Giants, and all of the things that are going on, including wrapping up the Washington Football Club game that we just played. I almost just slipped and almost said a racist term that would have been a bad guy move on me if I said the mascot of that Washington Football Club's name. So we're here to wrap up that game. We're here to preview the Philadelphia Eagles game. And we're also here to talk all about Pro Football Focus and the fun two weeks that has been Sam Munson, Pro Football Focus, Daniel Jones, and Giants Twitter. So David, without further ado, let's bleed blue. That was a messy intro. You're a messy host. Very messy. I am a messy host. This is true. David Powis, it's that time of year. Merry Christmas. You're not going to the playoffs. Merry Christmas, Justin. Merry, Merry Christmas. Now, this is the first time where we've actually played that drop where it's actually Christmas and we're not just celebrating the fact that the Giants are not in playoff contention. So, Merry Christmas. You're not going to the playoffs. I also promised somebody on Twitter that I would play that 17 times this podcast, and that was now twice. Wait, I thought, I thought there was like an ultimatum to that. I thought there was like a, if this happens, you will do this. Is that, am I, am I... Oh no, no, that, that was a no, that was Beckham. If 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 Beckham gets traded oh, back to yes. the Giants, I'm gonna I'm gonna have the first ten minutes of a bleeding blue episode of me just screaming on a loop. Which would be amazing. No, but I I actually did promise somebody on Twitter that I would play this. Merry three. Christmas, you're not going to the playoffs. Seventeen times, and now that is three times. So now there's fourteen cool. times left. <laughs> I may just have just to spam it at the, the end. You should have made that the entire intro. Just play it. No, that no people would have clicked off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you wouldn't you wouldn't have had time to explain why you were doing it. So it's better this way. No, I mean it, it would have made sense because it, unlike when we say it in the middle of October, it would have made sense since it's actually Christmas now. Good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing today on this fine Thursday evening? I'm good. It's nice to be back. Yeah. I. And one of those poor, poor saps whose job forces them to come in on the day after Christmas. So I, I was at work today. So that stunk. I also worked Christmas Eve, so that stunk. You worked Christmas Eve too? I did. What day was the, the Washington game? Don't tell me that was the... Was that the 22nd? Uh, yeah. So you worked the 23rd, the 24th. Uh, they they thank God they you know what what nice what nice people you work with gave you the 25th off and then you were back the 26th. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes, God. I, yes, I am. So what day did your brain think it was today? Um, Tuesday. All day. I thought it was okay. Tuesday. And I don't that makes even less sense. Like Monday would have been one thing. I, I kept thinking it was Tuesday. So I mean it is nice to realize it's only it's Thursday and I only have, I only have one day left. There's positives. Merry Christmas. You're not going to play. Four. Four. Um the real positive would have been uh if I just had off the rest of the week, but alas, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. 
Um, so we took the trip to Landover, Maryland uh, this past week, and we won't spend too much time on it because um, it happened literally last week. So, but yes, we did take the trip to Landover, Maryland to see the New York football giants play in what was a very thrilling game, very thrilling, very exciting game. And also just a very, uh, a very interesting huh. crowd that, <laughs> that, yeah. that we were sitting around. Well, I mean, it was, it was <laughs> over 50% giants fans. Yeah. No, it definitely was. That yeah. certainly helped. We had people throwing out various versions of F words. Yes. Think of the think of the F words that mom told you not to say. Any of them. Those are the ones that we heard. Sixty six percent of the words of the F words mom told you not to say were said during that football game. Yes, for sure. So uh um what are the what other things can we describe from that from that day? Uh, I learned I don't like sitting on the one hundred level to watch a full football game. Give me for it for a quarter, but for the rest of the game, I need the all twenty two nosebleed perspective to see what's actually going on. And that, Justin, is why you're a loser. Whoa. That's a drop. I like that. Nice. Nice. What I learned and I already knew this, but what I really learned it was in it was in full it was like in full effect is that Justin Pennick is an old ass man. And we have we've alluded to this in the past, and I've known this for a long time, but he just from the moment he got in the car to the moment At uh, what time in the up, morning? Well, I was supposed to pick you up at six and you didn't make it out of your house till six thirty. It's no big deal. That is true. Um, but really, from the moment that you got in the car until the moment I dropped you off, you just... Which was when? From from 6.30 uh, in the morning to when? I dropped you off about 11.30. So that was, what What was that, uh, 11 plus 6? That was, what, 17 hours of complaining? It was nonstop. About everything. Yeah. At the game, they scored a touchdown, you're complaining. They give up a touchdown, you're complaining. The person in front of us is standing, you're complaining. My goodness, it just doesn't stop. It's an old ass man. I didn't know what I wanted. At I wanted you to shut up. That's what I knew. I knew I wanted that, but oh, I don't have the I don't have the but um to soundbite up. But that would have been a that's a good joke. Thank you. I, I enjoyed that. Thank you. Um, even this even goes to this Sunday. Uh, I don't really know what I want out of this football team right now because obviously, like let let's just say it. Like you cannot deny that for the long-term vision of this franchise, it is best if the team loses. It, it, it just simply is. Now, what's best for Daniel Jones? What's best for team morale? What's best for fan morale? Very different stories, and we can get into you know all of that debating. But what's best for the franchise is if they lost, particularly against Washington, and if they lose against Philadelphia. This Sunday, uh, I guess, you know, beating Miami Eli's last start isn't the worst thing in the world, but th- they kind of needed to lose against Washington. Not saying I wanted it to happen, but because I didn't really I didn't really know what I wanted, David. Um, but nevertheless, they went out and they won and it was exciting. Uh, Daniel Jones uh, is the first uh, rookie quarterback of all time to pass for 350 yards and five touchdowns and do that in the same game. But pro football focus would tell you to totally outright dismiss that dismiss that achievement the first time achievement simply because Saquon Barkley caught a 50-yard bubble screen and you know it's funny people wonder why why PFF is not um people's friends 
It's because they have takes like that. Because if we use that logic, then if they if they use that logic, then we should throw every single stat out. Because seemingly on every single play, somebody does something to help another player. So you you can't look at a look at a seventy five yard touchdown and say, oh, we we or a, a, rather a fifty yard pass that travels fifty yards in the air. In theory, we can we can dismiss it because the receiver ran fifty yards under it. Give me a break. Give me a give me a. Oh no! Well, with that logic, I would say, oh no, no, give the quarterback credit because he put the ball fifty yards in the air, and that's you know depth of target and CPOE and all that kind of but, stuff. But what are we what are we doing? Why what are what are we doing? I don't. But get bubble it. screens that go for fifty yards. What are we doing? that the quarterback doesn't get a ton of credit for that, for the fact that he threw the ball basically laterally across the line of scrimmage. And if you get a lot of yards after catch, that's not on the quarterback. That's a positive graded play for another player. And I'm not saying, you know, this is, this is just the way that they, that they think. And I have my critiques of this whole pro football focus. What has been a crazy last two weeks. I have my whole critiques, but um, David, if you want to start us off with, you know, some of your, you probably have more frustrations that mirrors the fan base than I do. Probably, uh, I'll say definitely. I think Pro Football Focus has very, and 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 Justin, you and I both throughout the last what six months, we've we've used you you more so than me, but we've always we've always um, had conversations through the lens of these kinds of analytics. Pro Football Focus has been very important to the work that we've done over the last half a year or so. So I, I completely understand that there, there is inherent value in what, in, in a lot of the things they study and, and the the depth in which they look at certain things and the different lenses that they're looking at certain, the, the different ways they're looking at things right now. That being said, I, I just think their, their, their quickness to dismiss stats that, have been a barometer of success for a long time. I think it's answer for them. They it, people yell at them so loud that they feel the need to yell louder in response, which is where you get a lot of the takes that I think are bothering people over the last two weeks, which is the these kind of bombastic, seemingly knee-jerk reactions to people going against what they've been saying for a long time. They have not been grading Daniel Jones very well all season. I think this has become kind of become a it's become a fight between the fan base who wants to crown Daniel Jones the savior and and I don't think that's necessarily I I get where they're coming from and saying don't do that yet. But I think they are going out of their way to pinpoint little things where they can. It's nitpicking. Exactly. Justin, you just directed me uh, to read an article by Samson um, that you put up on your you put up on your Twitter. You retweeted it. And I, I read it right before we came on here. And he specifically writes in an article that with that 51-yard bubble screen, that's cherry-picking a stat. Well, I would also venture to say that a lot of what they do is cherry-picking critiques. They They – there is a middle ground. You don't need to overanalyze every single thing. The point is, the guy threw the guy threw for three for for three fifty and five touchdowns. That cannot just be dismissed because he hit a fifty yard bubble screen. There's a lot of good because for all we know, and now and a lot's been made of um, the fact that he doesn't 
he doesn't run many uh, pre-snap pre-snap audibles or checks or anything. But we don't we don't know exactly what goes on pre-snap. And give me a rookie that does act like he's Peyton Manning right. at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think and and I'm reading this article, and I would I would suggest everyone go read it. I'm not saying it's a bad article, and it's and I think, you know, Sam does a nice job trying to come trying to play both sides a little bit and saying we're not saying you know PFF is not saying he's a bad quarterback. They're not saying he's a bust. They're not saying he's, you know, the most overrated the most overrated quarterback to walk into an NFL team. But I also think. They're just throwing a lot of things out the window. They're throwing out a lot of the things that have plagued this team. The reason why this team is out of the playoffs and is a four-win team is in large part due to what he's ignoring, which is the offensive line, the inability for the offense to stay healthy. He doesn't even address the defense. And I've been a big proponent of the defense, but you can't. I I can't lie and say the defense yeah. is has never been at fault this season and has never hurt Daniel Jones' performance. Yeah, because you know you look at the defense and how often do they put the Giants' offense in holes at least to start the game? Now we've seen time and time again how often the Giants' defense tries to keep the team in games after allowing those those bad starts. But you know the coin flips both ways here. You know where I think we're also acknowledging that. You know, the uh, both offense and defense has hurt each other almost equally, <laughs> which which ends up in bad football. I made the point a few weeks back, and this is not that's nothing new. The Giants are bad because they don't play complimentary football. You know, you look at last week, Giants score four, over forty points. Well, the defense goes ahead and allows thirty five, and allows the, allows the Redskins to come right back into the football game. You know, in a you know in a moment where. If you really want to put your your analytical you know analysis of a game, which we're really not doing very much, but there was a point in that game where the the, the Giants defense had the ability to put their foot on the neck of the Redskins, and they didn't do it. And that's been a consistent that that's been just as consistent as has been the offense. <clears throat> Excuse me, my goodness, my throat hurts. Oh my god, that's been just get, as consistent. Get yourself together. Yeah, really, that's been just as consistent as. The offensive struggles for a lot of the year. So yeah. I just think there there's they want so badly to be right. And I think as Daniel Jones continues to look better as the year goes on, because there's no doubt he does. As he continues to look better as the year goes on, I think a lot of people who were either on the fence or on the negative side of the fence. It's scrambling. It's scrambling to to prove yourself correct. And the beauty of, of of Pro Football Focus is because they know more about analytics than most normal people. They can come up with whatever they want, and it will most likely prove some kind of narrative. It's like a sci fi movie. If you if you if you come to a if you come to a plot hole and you don't know what to do, you just say that that somebody came up with this invention that allows allows them to time travel. Yeah, um, where where I kind of am, um, we'll we'll get to we'll get to the starting point that was the Tua take that came out, I believe, last week. You know, I'm at a point where I'm kind of disappointed with Pro Football Focus. Now, there's a few different reasons as to why they don't necessarily always provide full context to their takes and in terms of, you know, hey, here's this metric, here's this graphic, here's this measurement, here's why we're thinking the way that we're thinking. I want that. 
And I kind of expect that out of pro football focus. When they come out and they give a take, like the Giants should take Tua at number two, and they make it into a 45-second clip, and then they leave it at that, I'm kind of left a little disappointed. I'm left wanting more. Well, why do you think that? I, I trust you. You you all are you know pretty smart football minds. You're in the positions where you are for a reason. Why? Give me something of substance of why. Now, when you don't provide that why, David, the outrage that the Giants Twitter has has given, it's kind of understandable and it's kind of inevitable because when you give no backup evidence to back up your claim, of course, this is going to be the reaction that you're going to get. So I don't know why they're acting all surprised and then they basically, they're making enemies of the state out of Giants Twitter and out of Giants fans that do support Jones. So I'm disappointed. Now, there is a reason why they don't always back up what they what they claim is because Pro Football Focus is really tugging a line between the information that they provide to football teams. I don't think it's a secret. It's not a secret that NFL teams want some measurements and some things, some metrics that Pro Football Focus puts out, and not all of that is public. So it's unfortunate that they have certain things that they can't make public that they're giving to NFL teams because they're paying Pro Football Focus to do so. And like I said, this is not private information. This is public information that Pro Football Focus works with NFL teams. There are certain teams that pay for their analytics. Um, same thing with Warren Sharp. Warren Sharp will, yes, I believe does. Warren Sharp has the same <clears throat> kind does. of thing going on with some of his stuff. But also at the same time, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, promote yourself as one of the best content providers out there in terms of analytics and in terms of evaluating and measuring player production, and you're just going to come out with these takes with nothing. Nothing. It took them two weeks, two weeks of constant bittering and argument on Giants Twitter for Sam Munson to finally write an article, which I it was a fine article, but I still think it was half-ass, and I still think it was nitpicking. I didn't say that on Twitter. I didn't say that it was half-ass on Twitter, mostly because I'm writing a blog in response to that as we speak right now. By the time this podcast is out, that blog will be on the Bleeding Blue website. I don't necessarily say that uh, that Sam Munson's blog was half-ass. Like I don't want to do. I don't want to say that online. But you bet your ass, I'll say it on the podcast. I think it. It was like you said, David. It was nitpicky. The criticisms are, you know, there. And I think Sam Munson, some of his bigger criticisms is saying, okay, despite maybe the turnovers going down recently, there are still turnover worthy plays. Um, his big time throw percentage is substantially low compared to where you know you want to see a big-time throw percentage for a much better quarterback is higher. I really, really find that hard to believe because how many times are we coming away from a football game, David, and we're saying Daniel Jones made big-time throws. He made one or two big-time throws in this football game to keep the football team in the game. How many times have we came away from a football game saying that? Uh, yeah, I think so much of what rubs people the wrong way with PFF, and this is something, this is something that I struggle with with them as well, is I find it very hard to get behind a take of yours. Say, Justin, say you make a take, and I say, okay, explain that to me. Like, tell me more. And the way you back it up is by giving me another subjective take. That bothers me. At some point, stats need to be objective. And this big-time throw... What is a big time throw? And, and and in this article, he gives an example um, where he explains that uh, I can't find it right now in front of me, but I, I remember he said it's 
you know, think splitting two high safeties on a deep post. Okay, great. Now, I have a question. The first touchdown that Daniel Jones threw to Sterling Shepard this weekend, was that a big-time throw? I don't know. I would certainly I would hope, hope so. so, but we don't know. I do know it was a completion. I do know it was a touchdown. Those are objective. That was a that was actually a critique because people lost their minds over his 72 overall grade. There weren't enough big time his throws. 78 passing grade. There weren't enough big time throws. Now, let me just say as a defense, I've looked at hundreds and hundreds of players and their pro football focus grades. And this is because of my positional value study that I have that I conducted last spring and I'll continue to, to conduct this offseason as well. It is very, very difficult to get a high pro football focus grade. A 78 grade is a pretty damn good grade. It was a top five passing grade from the weekend. 72, not a terrible, terrible grade, especially considering the fact that Daniel Jones fumbled twice. They were not turnovers, but he did fumble twice on his running attempts, on his rushing attempts. That is a problem. Turnover-worthy plays are going to take a lot out of the grade. Now, if you know that, like, like David, I know that. I'm willing to digest that. It is even though it's not going to wind up as a turnover in the box score, it's going to wind up as a fumble. It will negatively impact his grade in a large way. I know that. So guess what? When I see it, when it comes Monday morning, and I see that his grade is a 72, right? I'm not going to get all pissy about it. Just because Daniel Jones graded was graded a 72, and his passing grade was a 78, which is a top, which was a top five performance from the weekend. Just because he was graded as a 72, which is, you know, I guess you could say relatively low. It's still not a terrible grade from the weekend. Just because he was graded as 72 doesn't mean that he had a bad football game. Let your eyes tell you, did the Giants win the football game? Yes. Did Daniel Jones have a lot of good throws? And were you impressed with Daniel Jones? Yes. So guess what? Don't lose your mind (laughs) over PFF. Well, yeah. And what's so funny about this is... If the Giants were nine and six and this weekend was for the NFC East against Philly, nobody would give a crap. Nobody would care about what his how he was grading and you know where he ranked, you know, did he rank in between Mike Glennon and uh whoever the other quarterback he mentions here was. Like, it doesn't matter. It only matters because we need something to hang our hats on. And, and what most people are hanging their hats on is Daniel Jones. And no, this is true. I think from a fan perspective, it is 100% okay. And you should have comfort in the fact that if you're hang- that we are hanging our hats on Daniel Jones. That is a good thing in my opinion. And I think that's why people are losing their minds because they need something. You know, Saquon looking better the last couple of weeks helps. That can be a big thing you can hang your hat on, but the offensive line is still a problem. He was graded well. Yeah, I'm sure he was. (laughs) But again, like (laughs) how many of the gaping holes did he have? He had tons of gaping holes against Washington on Sunday, and he graded well. It's confusing. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But yeah, you made that's a good point. People are losing their minds because they need something to get excited about, and Pro Football Focus is basically saying, "Don't get excited about this." Yeah. So, David, can I actually give some reasonable and logical uh, a response to Pro Football Focus? You may. Okay, thank you. Um, I basically kind of do this in my blog, so I'm not going to give all of it away. 
because I still want you to click onto that. Follow me on Twitter. Um, that's really where I'm going to be posting it. Uh, look, look up the Bleeding Blue website too, because that's where it'll mainly mainly be posted as well. But basically, why I'm also disappointed in PFF is because I thought in their response that they would really, really be heavily relying on some advanced metrics that Daniel Jones is not rated and he's not ranked very well in. Like let's I'll, I'll just I'll just put it out there. EPA, which stands for expected plays added. Hey, this is Justin from the future. Uh, EPA stands for expected points added, not expected plays added. I'm actually an idiot. Carry on. And CPOE, which stands for completion completion percentage over expected. Those are two of the most heavily relied on you know, advanced metrics. That's not like, it's not like a pro football focus grade where it's subjective. You know, there's an algorithm that goes in based off of, you know, uh, situation it based off of situational, uh, play results and results of plays. And like, for example, uh, a seven yard gain on a third and five is much better than a 14 yard gain on a third and 16. So that's the type of things that see that, uh, EPA, measures. Um, so I'm not really going to get into, um, all all that stuff and explaining that, um, you could look that up on on your, on your own time, but just know that in two of the most heavily relied on quarterback metrics with, you know, EPA and CPOE, Daniel Jones is really, really towards the bottom of the list on both of those, both of those metrics in terms of comparing him to the rest of the league. Now, where, where I kind of go from, from here is, Knowing how much turnover-worthy plays both impacts pro football focus grades and knowing how much it impacts EPA. There's a graph that Ben Baldwin put out, and Ben Baldwin is a great analytics, uh, great analytical follow on Twitter. I would really right now, I think he's the best page in football right now. I think he's better than Warren Sharp because he is just grinding every single day and he's providing new graphs, looking at uh new new context to teams and to things. So I'm learning more, not just about the Giants, but I'm learning more about the National Football League and other teams just by seeing his graphs and how he charts certain teams and certain players with certain metrics and certain analytic and certain analytics. Um, so there's a graph that he put out, Ben Baldwin. EPA lost on turnovers. So you lose, po- you lose kind of quote-unquote points on turnovers in terms of your EPA, your expected points added. Because when you turn over the ball, expected points added, it goes down. So you lose those points. The Giants, compared to the rest of the league, are substantially and greatly different and below the rest of the entire league in terms of how many points they lose on EPA on turnovers. So then you look at that, you look at okay, Daniel Jones is ranked towards the bottom of the league in a lot of in, in a lot of these metrics. Okay, the Giants are losing a ton of EPA on those turnovers. Why are the Giants turning over the ball? This is where you turn to. How often have we talked about Nate Solder being one of the sole reasons why this football team is losing drives? They're losing points, and therefore we walk away from a game saying. Nate Solder was one of the reasons why this offense was held back today. How often have we had that, David? A lot. All the time. 
seemingly every week. Yeah. You know, uh, there there were times where I feel like a lot a lot of us were more patient with Pat Shermer. I'm thinking particularly myself, where, you know, you would go back and you watch the film and everybody would be mad at Pat Shermer. And I'm like, I'm fucking pissed at Nate Solder because the dude just can't play. And Sam Munson put out in his article today, he did recognize and he did see and he, he and he did put in that Nate Solder has allowed the most pressures out of any tackle in the National Football League this year. Which, I, I, to be honest, I knew that Nate Solder was bad. Didn't know that he was allowing the most pressures out of any tackle in the league. Does it surprise me? I, I guess not, but I didn't know it. I, Did you? It, it doesn't surprise me because he has been that bad, but I, I, I thought there'd be somebody worse. Yeah, you, you would you would <laughs> think and you would hope, right, for the guy, the second highest paid, second highest paid offensive lineman all time is allowed the most pressures uh, out of any tackle uh, this year in, in the National Football League. So there's that. How many times has Nate Solder allowing pressure resulted in Daniel Jones fumbles? So you have to consider that as well, where obviously Daniel Jones has a fumbling problem. He has cut down on that fumbling problem as the weeks have gone on. Oh, but just but Justin, according to Sam Munson on in his article, he says, quote, Undoubtedly, Jones has not had the best pass blocking situation in the game. However, quarterbacks control their pressure and sack rate to a huge degree, and the line isn't as bad as, as it is being made to look. They're not. This is also true. They have the the seventh, Daniel Jones this year has had the seventh most time to throw, average time to throw, in the league. And we've talked about on this podcast before too, where remember how we were defending the offensive line? And we're saying, you know, if you look at the NFL next-gen stats, his average time to throw it's substantially much better than what Eli Manning had last year. But how many times how many times have we also said that the receivers on this team don't get open with any consistency? Correct. Teams yep. can drop teams drop back as many guys as they want. And 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 they they're not afraid of the run game because they know for a large portion of the year we could not run the ball. So there's an I mean there's an answer to everything. So so you know this article saying that, well, it's it's kind of on Daniel Jones for for not being able to control his sack rate, and in the same article mentioning that the combination of Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Darius Slayton has never been featured on the field together, and I'll put in parentheses, nor will they ever, because does not happen next week either. Those those things go together, and and this is not just a it's not just a black and white, you know, the offensive line has created time for Daniel Jones. Well, take a look at some of those situations. My guess would be sometimes a, a lot of plays where he's had all that time have come on third and 14s where the defense dro- has dropped everyone back in coverage and, and yeah. the, the, and they're rushing and the combination and of golden Tate, um, Caden Smith or red Ellison or, or whoever it is. And Darius Slayton can't get open. That's not a Daniel Jones, right? And also, it it just goes to the point of, so, okay, Nate, hopefully you can either get an improved Nate Solder next year, or you get an alternative to Nate Solder that can hopefully be somewhat better. Well, hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to be, not be better than the guy who's allowed the most pressures in the league as a tackle. <laughs> right. But also, his fumbling issue, that's not something that's like in-game decision-making. You can easily teach that. Now, I think as podcasters, it's very easy for us to say, oh, that's just something you can fix. 
because we're sitting behind a microphone. And, you know, I, I, I really do think that, and we've seen it since the bye week, Daniel Jones knew you gave him one week. He said, I need to learn and I need to watch tape. I need to watch film and fix my fumbling problem. Well, he's come back. And I'm thinking particularly in that Green Bay game, you saw him navigating the pocket with two two hands on the ball when he's navigating the pocket. And have has there ever, has there been, remind me of the last time there has been a Daniel Jones fumble in the pocket that was caused by a lackadaisical approach of holding yeah. the ball. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember. I, I can't, I can't think of anything. Obviously, you know, when he's running the, with the ball, that's still an issue. But guess what? Daniel Jones isn't a ball carrier. Tuck the ball away. Uh, learn how to do that. And he'll, he'll learn. It's the same way that Eli Manning had to at some point learn. Not that he ever got that good at it, but he got better at it. Learn how to freaking slide. And he, you know, you, you can learn these things. And, and you can teach an old dog new tricks when it comes to those things. You can certainly treat a young dog new tricks. If that's your big, if that's your biggest critique, that's totally fine. That's my biggest critique. That should be everybody's biggest critique of Daniel Jones is the turnover right. is is the fumbles. I'm not even gonna say turnovers. He's thrown, I want to say six of his eleven picks in two games. Yeah, I believe he threw he threw three against New England, and I believe he threw three against but Green Bay. But Green Bay, David, was actually one of Daniel Jones's uh, highest graded. Games according to Pro Football Focus and his EPA was around the 50th percentile mark. Let me make sure that's maybe it wasn't Green Bay. Let me make sure that. No, it was Green. No, you're right. It was Green Bay. It is right. It was Green Bay, which which also goes to show that just because Daniel Jones has a three interception game against Green Bay doesn't necessarily mean that he had a terrible, terrible game. He had a cup. He had a few of his worst throws of the season that game. But this again, this also goes to show that you know analytics could also be useful in evaluating a player's entire body of work. So pro football focus isn't totally skewed towards Daniel Jones because I think they recognize that you know those three interceptions they were bad throws and that's what they were. They let it stand as their bad throws. But Daniel Jones also had a few very good throws in that Green Bay game. I'm thinking a particular uh, one to Sterling Shepard in the left corner end zone. One that looked very similar to the touchdown pass that he had this weekend against the Washington Football Club. So I think, David, what both of us are saying and what both of us believe, we're not like angry at Pro Football Focus. There are people that are like angry at, at them. <laughs> and I and I and I don't really understand it. I can I I'm going to critique them because they could have, if they really wanted to. In Sam Munson's article, he could have ripped Daniel Jones to shreds because he is bottom of the barrel in EPA and he's bottom of the barrel in CPOE, those two metrics. He is bottom of the barrel. He is one of the worst quarterbacks according to those metrics. Doesn't mean that he is one of the worst quarterbacks. It's just according to those metrics, he's bottom of the barrel. And there are reasons for that, and we've outlined that with David's explanation of how receivers don't get open and also the fact that Daniel Jones fumbles the ball. If the fumbling problem wasn't there, and this is one of my questions, if the fumbles weren't there, how much does that change the way that Daniel Jones is ranked according to EPA? It wouldn't really change his CPOE, his completion percentage over expected, because again, that's something that's uh, a little bit more attempt-based, where EPA is looking at all results of plays. Um 
So that, that's, that's like my question. And that's the question that I'm trying to ask and I'm trying to figure out right now as I'm looking, you got to look through the shit. That's basically what you have to do because this Giants team <laughs> is shit. I, I, that's what I'm trying to do. And when you start to shift, you know, when you start to sift through the shit that is present, you know, you look at the Jets game, for example. The Jets game, for example, Daniel Jones's EPA was slightly above the 50th percentile mark. The Giants were missing their starting tight end, their starting left tackle, their starting right tackle, their starting wide receiver, and their defense was atrocious that game. Where's the credit that Daniel Jones gets for keeping that team in that football game? It's not there. You don't see it. Where is his high high profile focus grade from that game? You don't see it. Despite the circumstances, he performed very well. So again, the the nitpicky nature, and I think that's what we're saying. That's the theme. That's the theme of this conversation. I'm disappointed in Pro Football Focus and what they what they could have done. What they could have presented is information that says, you know what, we're smarter than all of you. Here's why we're smarter than all of you. Here's the metrics that says Daniel Jones sucks, but they didn't do it. They could have presented more film. They threw one GIF in and one GIF in, I think, in that article. One, one or two. One or two pieces of film. It, one of them was Saquon Barkley making an incredible play, and then he might have thrown another one in there too. They could have combined both of those things, but they didn't, and that's on them. So honestly, they deserve the criticism that they're getting, but they're just not going to get it from me <laughs> because that's just not who I am. I understand where they're coming from, but I'm also trying to provide – content that is critical in my analysis and critical in my response to them and not just bitching and moaning like a lot of people are, which I'm sorry if I'm calling you out, but tough. It's shocking for the first, I think it might be like the first time you've ever not, like you, you've, you've made a concerted effort to not bitch and moan. Ooh, I'm proud of you. Tough look, tough look for me. All right, David, do you want to do you have a few minutes to talk about the game this weekend or do you need to get yeah, going? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, David, what do you what do you expect uh we're we're, we're playing a football game. Uh, first of all, I'm fucking pissed. They moved that game back to 4:30. It's going to be colder and it's going to be raining. I'm pissed that they moved it back to 4:30, but I understand why they did it. I'm actually not going. I, yeah, I hate you. <laughs> tell tell us what you're thinking. Uh, tell us what you're thinking. Tell us what you're expecting. Um Honestly, the let, 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 let me start here. The Eagles don't impress me. The Eagles and the Eagles, the Eagles have not impressed me really all season. Um, I think if Daniel Jones plays on Monday night a couple weeks back, I think the Giants win. I think they win handily. I think I don't know where to start. Um, okay, what do I want to happen? Yeah, what do you want to happen? I want the Giants to win. Um, Ugh. because. I need to find little victories. My little victory would be seeing the Giants single-handedly ruin the Eagles' playoff hopes because the Cowboys will beat the Redskins. So I think that would be fun. I can't, in my head, actively root for a loss to the Eagles. But I'm going to take the same stance that I've taken the last couple of weeks, which is I would love to see them win. I want them to win. If they don't, though, that makes Monday morning a lot easier to deal with. A post a, a post loss Monday is easier when the team might ultimately be better for a loss. So that that's what I want. What I think will happen is I do think they're going to win. I think you can't discount how good Saquon looks, um, and I don't see any reason why that would why, why that would stop. The Philadelphia secondary is still atrocious. 
I mean, for a half, they made Eli Manning look like he was ready to come back. And I mean, outside of Zach Ertz, who might not even be playing, they don't have an offensive weapon. The, they had one wide receiver. I believe this is true. They had one wide receiver catch a pass last week. Can you name that receiver, Justin? Oh Jesus! Um, if it's if it's not Jordan Matthews, then uh, God, I David, I can't even tell you. Greg Ward. Ooh, Greg Ward. Re- rel- relative to uh, Derek Ward, a former Giants running back. Is that true? No, probably not. Oh, okay. You just taking a shot in the dark. Um, no, it was just a statement that came to my brain and I said it. Oh, okay. There's no, there's no reason on paper why the Eagles would have any upper hand going to this game. The only thing is the Eagles have a hell of a lot to play for and the Giants in theory don't. Um, but I, but but I do think it's, it's close. I want to say, I want to say Giants are, are maybe plus two and a half. Wow, that that is. I guess I, I guess lying. under three is not I'll surprising. Check I'll check for you. You usually, I think people overemphasize the impact rain plays on a football game, unless it's like torrential, unless it's like a monsoon. But I mean, I would give the bump to the Giants if it's raining than the than the Eagles because Giants' run defense has been pretty damn good. Okay, I did lie. The Giants are plus four and a half. Oh, oh, that's 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 pretty hefty. That might have moved since I looked at it yesterday, but it, it wasn't substantial if it did. So plus four and a half at home. So that's a, that is pretty hefty. Yeah, that is that is pretty hefty. Um, Best believe I'm taking the Giants and everything. Yeah, I, I I would I would kind of maybe bet that. Yeah, I think I'm going to. I actually already have. I know I'm going to. All right. I got a new phone, so I got a I got the eleven. That's I got so the eleven exciting. plus. So. The, the finally the last game of the year my live stream will be incredible in terms of the quality <laughs> well i will be there justin i, I ju- will be watching and j- just in the nick of time for the final game <laughs> of the year <laughs> um all right uh david I- i'm choosing to willingly not give my thoughts on the philadelphia eagles game um because i'm just kind of just in a state of being um i'm just in a state of perpetual being with this football team uh black monday uh, Dave Gettleman, Pat Shermer are probably going to get fired. Uh, you don't want Dave Gettleman fired. You want Pat Shermer fired. Um, I I don't know what I want. Um, I don't really like calling for people's jobs outright. I do think that both of them are going to get fired, especially if we lose, which I do think is going to happen. I do uh, here. So yeah, I guess I am getting into the Eagles game. You're giving your thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I didn't really have any until I started thinking about it. Which that's how thoughts work. Um, <laughs> nice. You, you don't really have any until they actually come up. Um, and, until you form them in your brain. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I, I mean, them. I guess a lot of people talk out of their ass. Um, so, boom, uh, I think the Eagles are going to win. I, I they, they just have too much to play for. Uh, you know, it, there there comes a point where. You have a team that has some sort of success uh, over the course of a year, even though, you know, both the Eagles and the Cowboys, you know, they, they've had, you know, in terms of their long-term vision for their seasons when they started them, which was to compete for buys, 
which you're talking about instead of the NFC North being the division where, you know, the winner, the winner of that Monday night football matchup would get the first round by basically, or even the NFC West, look at the NFC West as well, um, where it comes down to a week 17 game. I mean, that's what you kind of expected the NFC East to be because of just how talented the Eagles and the Cowboys rosters are. Um, I still do think that Carson Wentz is too good of a quarterback to be performing the way that he's performing right now. I think this game is too important for Doug Peterson, who I think is a pretty good head coach to lose. Um, I think the Eagles find a way because also they're just a better football team than the Giants on paper. And um, they find a way to do it. I think Giants fans, they're giving themselves a little... While there is excitement over Daniel Jones... um, based off of the performances that he's had. And even there's a little bit of an excitement to see what this offense did against the Miami Dolphins. We do need to remember that the performances that this team has had has come against teams that are worse than the New York football giants. So that's, True. that's what I think. Do you have anything else, David? Um, I do not. All right. Um, try to try to enjoy the game. Uh, that's that's just what I'm going to say. Try to just enjoy seeing the New York Football Giants play football for one more final time this year. Um, pray, please, please pray that the rain isn't too bad because I, I think I am going to this game. Um, if As long as it's not torrentially pouring, I think I am going to this game. I could change my mind, uh, which then a lot of people that, I, that I'm planning on meeting up with would get very upset. There's a lot of people that I'm planning on meeting up with. Some Eagles fans... Um, some Giants fans, some people on Twitter are going, which is nice, uh, which I would disappoint a lot of them, but hey, tough life. Hey, Justin, really quick before I, before I tell everybody they're beautiful. Yeah. Should I crowdsource my, my tickets? I'm not going and I have not sold my tickets yet. Hmm. Put a, put a poll up, uh, put a poll up on Twitter. If anybody wants, I'll tell you how this, if anybody wants tickets, DM me, slide in. Ooh. How much you charging them for? Uh, we'll get into the specifics when they DM me. Should you give a bleeding? If you use the code uh, David sucks, <laughs> use the code Justin's an old man. No, no. You wait. Okay, so we have to decide right now. Use the code David sucks or Justin's an old man. David sucks rolls better off the tongue. All right. I'll tell you what. If 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 they DM me and they used code Justin, Justin sucks. Oh wow! Way to just take mine, except just replace your name with mine. I I will pitch in twenty dollars. Oh, I, I was gonna tickets. I was gonna say a seventy five percent discount. Wow, no, that that's insanity. <laughs> and a free I, parking I will pass. Pitch in, I will pitch in twenty dollars to my own tickets. No, nope, so that's parking pass, uh, uh, you're, you're you're paying for the parking pass. So that's a ten percent discount if I'm doing it correctly. Well, now you just give the price away. <laughs> I did give the price away. Way to go. <laughs> There's probably two people listening by now, so they they they're good know. seats. They are good seats. Not in your eyes, because you're a cranky old man. I am a cranky old seats. man. I need I need to see my all twenty two perspective. I can't deal with yeah, 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 whatever. the end zone look. Also, people didn't sit down. They didn't sit down once. God damn it! Stand oh that stood that entire game watching a two three win football teams. God. All right. Um. Keep on bleeding blue. Enjoy Giants football. It's going to be on one more time. Uh, we're going to have an episode uh, Black Monday, the night that Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer get fired. And uh, you'll hear from us again 
Tuesday morning next week, and we'll be reacting and talking about all of that. So keep on bleeding blue and David. Y'all are beautiful. Make sure you stay that way. Oh, that was a different variant right? yeah, way of ending it. nice, right? Merry Christmas, you're not going to the playoffs. 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 Merry Christmas, you're not going to the playoffs.